fantasy in the house, yo. Let me tell you how we do things around here. Here, get to the top. Older than fantasy, please say what's wise. Fantasy tactics, tips have to be hard. Listen to us, you'll be winning a lot. Not losing, just cruising. So kick off the balls and let's get choosing. The Hello and welcome to the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy. Well, welcome back after the international break. Here at Pod Towers, we're raring to get stuck into the EPL again. I'm Alpha, your host. Alongside me is a man who kept impeccable composure last week when someone spilled a beer all over his floor. <laughs> it's the man with the stats and the beard, Nathan Taylor. Hello, Nathan. Hello, mate. <laughs> Keeping that composure still, mate. Yeah. Nice. I forgot you were there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Eh? Uh, right, the secret journalist is not here today. He's at the uh, cricket drinking a lot of free beer. So standing in for him, I'm delighted to announce we have FPL content creator, an all-round great guy. Welcome to the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast, Top Marks, a.k.a. Will Timbers. Hello. Thank you, Alfie. It's great to be here. It's a pleasure having you here. Um, so, Will, um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, uh, I had a secret addiction to fantasy football that I indulged through Fantasy Football Scout, except the problem was I was never very good at FPL. So then I, uh, I decided to get better at it. And I decided to get better at it by looking at what the best FPL managers did. So through um, Fantasy Football Scout's Hall of Fame, I tracked the best five managers for a couple of seasons. And I did indeed improve. I started getting ranks in the in the top 10,000 uh, of FPL um, and I became a better manager and now I write uh, weekly game week guide articles for them and uh, and get involved with the website good good that sounds good well it's a pleasure having you on the show and hopefully you can have a lot of insight to give us because sometimes we get a bit lost don't we know oh yeah <laughs> but that's fantasy football right okay so talking about the show, let's talk about what's coming up on the show today. Uh, in part one, we remind ourselves what happened before the international break with a full Game Week 4 review, looking at FPL draft and fan tracks. And of course, I'll be asking the boys here a quiz question. In part two, Paris Barron from SaveThePunter.com will be calling in to offer a hot tip for the upcoming Game Week. And earlier, before you jetted off, I managed to speak to the secret journalist who talked through the Watford thing on the treatment table. Part three, we look ahead to game week five with some insight from FPL content creator FPL Nymphra, which leads nicely on to the short segment in which we reveal the changes we're going to make to our podcast FPL team for this game week, of course. And in part four, we'll have the answer to the quiz question, the clean sheet forecast. And Nathan here, yes, this is why you tune in. We'll be recommending a what, Nathan? A beer. A beer. <laughs> That's why we're here. Okay. Right. So before we do our game week four roundup, and remind ourselves what the heck went on. Uh, I have the quiz question for you guys. Jordan Pickford picked up his 20th and 21st England caps on Saturday and Tuesday, respectively. But which three England goalkeepers hold the most caps for England overall? And that's for all time. Okay. All right. So okay. have, a little, have a little think. And then at the end of okay. the show, you can give me your answers. How exciting. I will be revealing that in part four, of course, listeners who so don't go anywhere. Right, let's have the Game Week 4 Roundup. 
Frank Lampard's Frank Lampard's Chelsea let a two-goal lead slip against Frank Lampard's opponent Sheffield United, proving these kittens are not quite yet lions. An unsure Arsenal and a dithering Spurs draw 2-2 in the first North London derby of the season. The Eagles soar up to fourth with a controversial win against Aston Vanilla. Liverpool and Man City easily dispatched their lowly opponents with 3-0 and 4-0 wins respectively. Leicester sound course for the league title with a win against Bournemouth. Everton proved they're not just about clean sheets as a Richarlison brace puts the Wolves firmly back in their den. Newcastle and Watford do a 1-1, provoking the Hornets to change their management team. And Man United don't win again. This time, it's against Southampton. Just four clean sheets this week. Yeah, just four. Palace, Man City, West Ham and Liverpool. The assist king was David Silva with two. Assisting defenders, Trent, Masuaku, Dean and Aunt Edna Stevens. Goal kings, two each for Vardy, Aguero, Tammy and Richardson. Goal strong defenders this week, Vestergaard and Scher. Do you believe in life after love? I do. And of course, an own goal by the one and only Kurt Zuma. What a burp. This week's top performing players overall across FPL and Draft is Vardy, Aguero and Richarlison. And for fan tracks, reads a bit differently. It's Allah, Aguero and Salah. Some stats for you all now. Stat number one. Kevin De Bruyne has assisted in every single Premier League game so far this season and has been directly involved in eight goals in his last seven starts in the Premier League. Wow. Uh, Stat number two, the average age of Chelsea's starting 11 against Sheffield United was 24 years and 158 days. That is their youngest ever in a Premier League match. Stat number three, since the start of 2018-2019, Bernd Leno, Arsenal goalkeeper, has made six errors leading to goals. And this week's top performing players in full... Uh, across the FPL and draft, the goalkeepers are Fabianski, Guaita, Adrian. Defence is Masuaku, Trent, Vestergaard. Midfield, Richardson, KDB and Tillemans. Forward, Vardy, Aguero and Tammy Abrahams. How's the fan tracks looking, Nathan? Slightly different. Goalkeepers, Fabianski, Adrian and Guaita. Defenders, Masuaku, Trent and Virgil van Dijk. Midfield, KDB, James and Tillemans, because Richardson's a striker mm. in fan tracks. And then up front, it's the same. So it's Vardy, Aguero and Tammy. Oh, nice. Notable players then from game week four. Uh, Aguero. Will, is Aguero ever going to stop scoring? No. <laughs> um, the only threat to Aguero, as I see it, is playing time, really. And Jesus, who started the season and uh, started the season well, I think we all thought at the beginning of the season, we didn't really pay much attention to Aguero because we thought maybe Jesus was going to come in um, and do well. And that hasn't happened. Aguero's come along and been been fantastic uh nathan uh notable players for you uh daniel james three goals now this season looks pretty lively needs to cut out the bookings for dives though because that's drawing down his points a little bit does he dive i'm not sure if he, he gets fouled a lot um and he maybe makes a meal of some of it and that's going against him he's getting a reputation he's getting he? booed quite a lot already yeah. you might notice that okay so talking about notable players uh, plenty of players have left the Premier League and of course no longer available for selection so if you had your eye on these players well it's tough luck uh, Kennedy went from Chelsea to Getafe Mario Lamina went from Southampton to Galatasaray Mkhitaryan Mkhitaryan went from Arsenal to Roma Wesley Hoot went to Southampton to Antwerp and Doné, Florian Andoni went from Brighton to Galatasaray. He got sent off in his last game, actually, didn't he? Mm. Asmir Begovic went from Bournemouth to Karabag. 
Baba Rahman, remember him? Chelsea, Real Mallorca. Javier Hernandez, West Ham Sevilla. Matteo Damia, Man United Palmer. And Fernando Loriente went from Thompson to Napoli. Not a lot of players missing out there. But following the uh, Lorente departure, Will, that instinctively tells me that Lamella and Mora could potentially become more valuable should Harry Kane's paper ankles give way. Perhaps. Um, Spurs have a lot of attacking talent. I mean, yes, Mora was playing up front in some of the preseason matches. I don't think it worked particularly well. I think he's a bit too lightweight. I think he's much better coming in from the wing. So I think I think Son would probably be the player to move up front um, if Kane, you know, touch wood, let's hope he doesn't, gets injured. Um, Sorry, to I could sense the fear in your voice then when you yeah. even suggested that Kane's ankles would go. Uh, uh, okay, let's talk FPL, FPL team results. Okay, Will, how did you get on your FPL? Uh, in game week four, I got 56 points, so uh, one below the average. Um, not great. I've got KDB, which was the highlight. Uh, I captain Sterling and he blanked. Um, I've got Kane, Son and Haller, um, who all did reasonably well. Okay, not too bad. That's a lie, they did reasonably well. They've got five, six and eight points, but it's quite better. So, yeah, uh, where are you placed at the moment? Do you know or do you much rather not say? Uh, I'm not doing particularly well. I'm outside the top one million. Um, I made the mistake of going with being a Spurs fan, going with Son and Kane, uh, which was slightly um, heart overhead. And uh, but hopefully they'll prove prove to be good picks in the long run. Yeah, it's still early, isn't it? Still early. Um, it is our team pod FPL team result. Will you're gonna be excited by this? Uh, so we uh, got yeah. seventy points again. Actually, second week in a row. But this time the average changed. It was fifty-seven points this week, which is up from last week. So in theory, you could say we dropped points. We kept in Salah, of course. Maxed out on. Uh, we could have maxed out on KDB for an extra seven points. Last week, because of our long-term goal of trying to afford Sterling, we reluctantly traded out Vardy, who was joint top scorer this week with 16 points, but we cushioned the blow by bringing in Ayu. Jordan Ayu with nine points. We had to bite the bullet, as it were. Our little sweetener, of course, was bringing in Martin Kelly, six points to slot in alongside Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson on defence. Our overall ranking, Nathan, has gone from 1,010,358 to 495,139. Playoffs, I reckon. Yeah, we're up there. We're gonna win it. Okay, let's not get excited. Uh, the offside roll podcast league we're in. We're up to thirty fourth. Lindsay's only one hundred and fortieth. And by the way, a nice team name caught my eye: Gangsters Allardyce. Hey, that's nice. Will very good. Yeah, like it. It do, isn't it? Well done, Richard Laverty. Uh, we will be discussing our changes for game week five and part three, of course. Uh, the highest scoring FPL manager for game week four. Congratulations, Izo Mrezat, whose team Izo FC uh, scored 136 points. He triple captained Aguero, midfield of Richarlison, KDB, James, Tammy up front, Trent at the back. He's now up to, wow, 5,617,540. Good luck with that. Uh, the top FBR manager overall, shout out to Bradley Parry from England whose team stuck on Trent is topped with 358 points after scoring 94 points this week. He, of course, breaks the Egyptian stronghold that has been holding so strong. Uh, moving on to Draft Fantasy now. Will, do you play You play Draft Fantasy quite a lot, don't you? 
I do. I've got roped into doing three uh, oh. draft teams, um, one classic and two head-to-head. Um, <clears throat> I'm not doing particularly well, I'm afraid, but hey-ho. Uh, how did you get on your head-to-head? So my two head-to-heads, I lost both my head-to-heads. I've got some... Re- I mean, I've managed to end up in one of my fantasy teams with McGoldrick and McBurney up front. Um <laughs> So it's not going to go well, is it? And in midfield, I've got Almiron, Wijnaldum, Redmond, Son. The only uh, uh, saving grace really was Alexander Arnold with eleven points last week. He got me in defence. Ooh, it's all about the it's all about TAA for you then, isn't it? It absolutely is. Uh, okay, right. So our draft fantasy leagues out. We got twelve teams in our league. And from a personal point of view, um, actually absolutely smashed it this week with Charleston and Vardy doing their thing. Trent Alexander-Arnold, 74 points. Would have been much more had I not been uh, a bit of a fool by leaving Vestergaard on the bench or trading out Masuaku for Kurt Zuma and his lovely own goal. Uh, That was, of course, a Mourinho-like decision I made in order to neutralise Kepa. Yes. Uh, of course, no one cares about that because the real drama in our league came from the side Kikio Derby where you, Nathan, squared off against Phil. And uh, is it a coincidence that Phil isn't here this week? I don't think it can be a coincidence. He's probably still sulking. Yeah, because you beat him, didn't you? Yeah, controversially. Um, it was actually a draw, 47-47 at the end of the game week. And then he had a point knocked off and we haven't worked out quite where. I think Zaha might have had a point deducted for him. But yeah, a narrow win, um, and I'll take it, really. (laughs) (laughs) All the way to the bank. Yeah, Phil's now third bottom in our league. Nathan, you're up to eighth, Mm. three places behind me, only because of player points. That, of course, will change this game week five, because there's another podcast, Darby. This time, it's me taking on Phil. Ooh, let's hope I don't destroy him too much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nath, you're up against the high-flying Robson. That is Aguero in his team. Of course, Man City playing Norwich. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I'm worried about that one. I think he you might smash be. me. Will, I wish I was playing Tommy Gunn. <laughs> yeah. Will, uh, no much hope for you in your head-to-head this week. No, I mean, some of my head-to-heads are better than others. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm, you know, it's about the fantasy game, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Oh, okay. So uh, that's the end of draft. Uh, let's talk about what we learned from game week four. What did we learn from game week four? I didn't learn too much. Nathan, what did you learn? I just learned that clean sheets are continually hard to come by at the moment. So if you're basing a strategy around a lot of clean sheets, then it might be the wrong strategy. There's only been nine in the last three game weeks. So out of 60 teams, only nine, 15%, not a huge amount of returns there other than your obvious, your Man Cities and your Liverpools against the smaller teams. Mm, the obvious. Will, what did you learn from game week four? Uh, I learned that you mustn't always look at the fixture difficulty rating on the FPL website uh, too literally. For instance, uh, in game week three, Spurs played Newcastle, a supposedly nice and tasty home fixture. Uh, and Newcastle came away with a 1-0 win by playing a low defensive shape that Spurs struggled to break down. Uh, fast forward to game week four and Arsenal take on Spurs and suddenly it's a much more open match because of how Arsenal approached the game. They approached the game trying to win and left a lot more spaces for Spurs attackers uh, to move into. So 
the lesson is don't always look at the fixture difficulty rating um, as a guide to what your attacking players might do. It will depend very much on how the opposition approaches the match. Mm, interesting. I'm going to start. Yeah, Newcastle, of course, are parking the bus against uh, Liverpool this week. Mm. I'm not sure how effective that bus will be. Of course. Uh, okay, that's the end of part one. Uh, but don't go anywhere in part two. I'll be speaking to Paris Baron from SaveThePunter.com. Uh, also, the secret journalist, I spoke to him as well. He'll be talking to us about Watford in the treatment table. Hello, welcome to part two. Right, let's not mess around. Let's hear what Paris Baron from SaveThePunter.com had to say in his insightful hot tip. Hello, Paris. How are you, mate? Alf, I'm splendid. How are you? I'm good, yeah. yeah. I've uh, Fantasy football's been pretty kind to me recently, so my mood is buoyant. How, how was your FPL week? 61 points. Is that above or below average? That is above average. I think the average was 57, so it's not too bad. Some analysis was done by the administrator of my fantasy league. There's about 40 of us, and uh, mm-hmm. he confirmed I've got the highest total scoring bench across the season. Yikes. Oh, I can feel your pain, actually. Uh, but let's, let's talk about your best bet. Um, first of all, I have to apologise to you because you gave us, uh, gave us a fantastic hot tip last week in terms of the North London derby, uh, in terms of betting on Spurs. It was going very well. Then I text you and then it went to pot from there. So apologies for that, for jinxing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I spoke to Unai Emery after the game and he said that your text was everything his players <laughs> needed in the change room at half time and, and he put that up as motivation. <laughs> but I understand you're going to go for Spurs again this week. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm against Spurs this week, actually. Ooh. Hopefully we have a bit more fortune this week. We're going for Crystal Palace plus 1.5 goals and that's at 6-7 to seven with Bet Victor. So just a touch on under-evens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the bet is Crystal Palace with a one-and-a-half goal head start. Okay, so what does that mean for anyone that doesn't quite understand the terminology? As long as Crystal Palace win, draw, or lose by only one goal, then they win this bet. So we've got a Palace win, a draw, and a one-goal loss to Tottenham all on side here. The only way we lose this bet is if Tottenham win by two goals or more. Mm. Um, and look, Spurs are the better team. But I think Palace can keep it tight. And actually, they've got a decent attacking threat at the moment. They found someone close to resembling a goal threat in Jordan Ayew. He's a very frustrating footballer that consistently makes bad decisions. But Benteke makes him look smart. So <laughs> it's an upgrade on that front. And Tottenham um, have got a question mark at right back. Trippier um, has, has obviously moved on. Walker Peters is, uh, is injured. So Sanchez is going to be playing there. And I do like uh, the quick Jeffrey Slup going up against Sanchez down the left. And, of course, you've got Sahara on the other side. He's going to cause anyone problems. So, so the market rates this as a, a 55% chance of happening. That's what the price of six to seven means. I've got it more like a, a 65% chance. So we th- I think we've got some value here. And actually, Palace would have won every single game this season if given a 1.5 goal head start. 
And, and if you go back to the beginning of last season, every time Palace have been away from home, uh, only three times would they have lost with a 1.5 goal head start. So 86% of the time, they win this game with a 1.5 goal head start. Sim- similarly, Spurs would have lost three or f- three out of four of their games this season if they had a 1.5 goal handicap to overcome. And since the beginning of last season, Spurs have only overcome a 1.5 goal handicap eight times. Um, so, so if we look at the various success rates together, we're looking about a 74% chance when we're looking at those stats alone. And of course, stats aren't everything, but yeah. under Roy Hodgson, Palace set up difficult to beat. Um, Spurs haven't been fantastic this season. And if you look at expected goals, which measures the quality of chances created in games, it's pretty even between Palace and Spurs this year. Mm, So Palace this week then? Crystal Palace plus 1.5 goals. That is my best bet for this week. Excellent. Thank you very much, Paris, for coming and speaking to us again. Uh, I hope your FPL game week is kind to you and you get those points off the subs bench into your team. Thanks very much, Alf. Enjoy your week. We'll speak to you next week. Take care, Paris. That was Paris Barron from SaveThePunter.com. If you want to hear more from him, more about him, uh, you can go to SaveThePunter.com. You can also click on the link that's in the podcast episode blurb. Just click and go. It's easy, isn't it? Uh, Nath, uh, you accumulate kind of guy. Chelsea defence messed with your accumulator, didn't they? Yeah, any joy I could take from Katzima scoring an own goal in your draft team <laughs> was cruelly taken away by the fact that it absolutely busted my accumulator where I had Chelsea to win. Ha! Joy all around. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The treatment table now. Let's have a little listen. I caught up with... with, uh, Not Ross. (laughs) Caught up with Ross. Caught up with Ross for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) Treatment table. I caught up with the secret journalist before he ponced off on his soiree at the cricket drinking free beer to hear what he had to say about Watford. The secret journalist. Hello, Phil. Hello, Alfie. Uh, yes, welcome to the treatment table. Is everything all prepped? Uh, yeah, as prepped as it can be. My, my usual level of preparation. Uh, so uh, clothes and oil. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like to have a rub down after, uh, after <laughs> I've spoken to you. <laughs> Who doesn't, eh? Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. You're only human. Okay, let's get straight on here. We've got treatment table with you, uh, Phil. At Rafe Harris 79. Rafe Harris, there's 79 of them apparently. 79 of them, yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, in terms of the news at Watford of um, what's-his-face getting sacked and what's-his-face coming in. <laughs> yeah. Grazia and Sanchez Flores. That's it. That, that's um, why you need me on, on the team. That's exactly why I need Provide the details. <laughs> um, he wants to know, uh, what's going on at Watford? Should I be excited in fantasy terms about the change of regime? Um, I think in a word, no, not <laughs> not right away. Um, in fantasy terms, I, 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 whether Grazia had stayed on or whether Sanchez Flores comes in, they've got a they've got a real sod of a run of fixtures coming up that you would unlikely see them getting much from. I don't think. I mean, they'll hope for a for a natural sort of bounce that that most new managers they hope bring. But um, was it Arsenal first up at home? Tough. 
they they got Man City, Man City after that. I mean, they've got Wolves, Tottenham. They're all in their next sort of five fixtures. I mean, they're gonna, they're going to struggle to get a lot out of those. But but you know, I, I'm not. I think initially they, they might be one to still continue to stay clear of and then just sort of assess over the next few weeks and see how they get on. I mean, the, the, the one thing that you've got on, on your side with Santos Flores is, is that he, he, he was kind of got a, a reputation for being able to at least set a defence out. And I think that they're probably hoping that he's going to make Watford harder to play against and uh, a more sort of pragmatic, disciplined team. Because they were shipping goals. They weren't just like losing games. They were shipping goals. I mean, they got they got done three by by Brighton. That was, you know, not, it's ugly. It looked ugly at times for Watford. And I think that their hope is that, that Sanchez Flores will provide a bit more of a backbone. So that being said, granted, they've got a lot of difficult fixtures coming up, but in the long run, it might make at least some of those Watford defenders slightly more attractive on a fantasy football front. But not so as attractive as Flores himself, of course. No, oh no, I mean, it, that, it, it, he might not necessarily bring more points to Watford, but he's up the handsome quarter of the Premier League. <laughs> sure. I mean, that is, he's, a, he's a very fine-looking gentleman. And as someone who's got a, a fair amount of grey in his beard like I have, I very much admire his sort of silver foxness. Yeah, but no, definitely. I think in the long run, it's your defenders that you might potentially want to be looking at as ones that might be able to bring points in. So, like Cathcart, Dawson, um, for many of maybe the one defender I'd probably stay clear of is is possibly Holabash though, because when he left, when Sanchez Flores left Watford the first time, Holabash was did not hold back in terms of talking about how unhappy he was playing under him how difficult he made his life at Watford. So it's probably unlikely that those two are going to get on now that he's back there. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. I'm sure we're all rushed for Watford defenders now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just ahead of that big man city game. That might be one to bring them all in for. Fantastic. All right. Phil, I'll leave you to it. Do enjoy the uh, pointless ashes test. I will do, Matt. Yeah, this yeah. Weekend. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm on for, I'm on for free drinks. So, I mean, I, the cricket mat as well. Not be happening as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Well, have a good time. We'll speak to you next week. Nice one. Cheers, Alfie. Thanks, Phil. No, no. Leave your clothes on. There you go. That was a treatment table. Some lovely insight from the secret journalist. If you do want to ask the secret journalist some questions or just say stuff to him, you can contact us on Twitter at Ultimate F Pod. Right, that's the end of part two. But part three is coming up. In part three, we'll be talking through the game week fixtures for game week five. We'll be looking at some fixtures. Mm. We'll also have FPL content creator FPL Nymphra, and we'll be picking our FPL team. Don't go anywhere. Welcome to part three. Right, let's uh, let's have a look at the game week fixtures for game week five. Saturday, the fourteenth of September. The early kickoff at twelve thirty is Liverpool against Newcastle, Brighton against Burnley next, and then Man United, Leicester, Sheffield United, Southampton, Tottenham against Palace, Wolves against Chelsea, Norwich against Man City. On Sunday, the fifteenth of September, it's Bournemouth against Everton, Watford against the Arsenal, Cohunas. And Monday, yes, there's Monday night football. It's Aston Villa against West Ham United. Will, any fixtures that catch your eye this week? I, I know full well that you're a Spurs fan. You've been to every Spurs game this season. Is the Spurs fixture catching your eye? 
Uh, well, it's obviously catches my eye as a fan. Um, I think it's another difficult one, perhaps. I think Palace will turn up uh, as they did at Manchester United, as Newcastle did when they came to, to White Hart Lane, and play a defensive um, uh, shape and be difficult to break down. Will Spurs be able to break them down? That's the big question. The answer is maybe. Um, we have a few <laughs> players returning. Uh, we have Ali coming back. We have Ericsson. Now that saga's over. That cast a bit of a shadow over August for Spurs. So, yes, we can beat Palace. And, of course, Palace were the first team that played in the new White Hart Lane Stadium. Um, and we struggled to break them down with Ericsson. Got a lovely goal late on to win the game. Will the same thing happen again? Possibly. I don't see it being a big score. I don't see I see a Spurs 1-0 win or a 2-1 win. Um, we're looking a bit dodgy at the back, so perhaps not a clean sheet. But um, I'm hoping for a 2-1 win to Spurs. Well, I'm hoping for an 8-1 win to Spurs, but we'll see. <laughs> a 2-1 uh, win is more realistic. Well, interesting to say that. Palace have failed to score against Spurs in the last six outings in the Premier League. So, hmm, never know. Nathan, uh, United against Leicester. Yeah, that's the one that catches my eye. Um, Leicester haven't actually won at United since 2000 with Tony Cotty getting the goal in a 1-0 win. So Whoa. really... Retro! Dead. Yeah, exactly. Um, they did get a draw there the season that they won the title. It's well documented, obviously, United's struggles since Solskjaer was made permanent manager. But just to update you on the ongoing stats there, one clean sheet in the last 19 games. Whoa. Only three wins in the last 16 games as well. Um, and obviously Leicester are kind of podcast favourites. We seem to talk about them every mm. week, so I won't linger on them. But Tielemans came good for me in draft last week. Probably should have been sent off, but he picked up an assist and a goal. Mm. He's in a good run of form. Harvey Barnes, your favourite. Yeah. And then obviously James Madison, who really should have got some time for England mm. this week. But And United have some injury worries as well, don't they? Yeah, they've, they've got injury doubts on Paul Pogba, Luke Shaw, Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Anthony Martial, and then the big doubt that I'm sure everyone's really worried about is Jesse Lingard. <laughs> oh, Jesse. Jesse, paint a picture for how <laughs> it's going to be. Oh, classic song. Okay, right, that's enough of that. Let's go and listen now to our FBL content creator, FBL Nymphra. <laughs> Goal, the main shift seems to be towards Pope with over 100,000 of you at the time of recording transferring the Burnley keeper in ahead of game week 5. The main goalkeepers making way for Pope are Ryan and De Gea. In defence, Trent seems to be the most trendy transfer with over 164,000 of you switching to the Liverpool man already. Wambasaka, Robertson and Laporte are the trendiest players to sell for Trent. Wambasaka being the highest sold defender this international break with over 221,000 sales already. In midfield we've got a new bandwagon in Daniel James. The United man has been brought in by over 360,000 FPL managers. He's closely followed by Mount, KDB and Cantwell, with James's teammate Martial being the main man to lose his spot in FPL managers' teams. Up front, there's plenty of action going on. Abraham is unsurprisingly a front runner after his consistency of braces over two game weeks. Over 402,000 of you have put your faith in the Chelsea man. He's hotly followed though by my man Aguero after his game week four performance. Rashford, Pookie and Kane are the main players giving way to these trendy transfers, possibly a little surprisingly with Pookie given 
given he's been a trendy transfer in for the first few game weeks, but his blank seems to have got FPL managers spooked. Managers seem more concerned with his next fixture rather than his consistency of four goals and one assist in two home games. That was, of course, FPL Nymphra with some uh, good content again. Uh, so if you want to hear more from her, you can go to her YouTube channel. You can find the link in our episode blurb. Just like I said before, click and go. It's so easy. Okay, right. We're going to talk about picking our FPL team. Will, uh, you'll be pleased to know that our long-term strategy was to get Raheem Sterling into our team. I mean, that sounds like a good idea, right? That's a very good idea. Yeah. So last week we traded out Vardy, took the hit. Um, so we'd have the money in the bank to buy Raheem this week, which I think we are going to do, Nathan, aren't we? The yep. only real option... Um, so, yes, yeah, so we, we now have 5.5 million. The only real option is to trade out Bernardo Silva, cash the 7.8 million, Texas 13.5, Raheem cost 12.3, press the button, bish bash bosh, 1.2 million in the bank and Raheem in the team. Sounds like right, Nathan? Yep, that's the strategy. That's the strategy. That's done. Okay, so the only means the only thing to really decide upon is our captain C. So we got Salah versus Newcastle. You got Sterling versus Norwich. Uh, Trent against Newcastle, or even KDB. Nate, what do you think? For me, Salah. Egypt didn't have a good game this week, so Salah's has a week off rest. Um, obviously, as Will mentioned, Newcastle likely to park the bus, but. I think Liverpool are a better side than Spurs. They've got a little <laughs> bit. Um, they've got different it's hard ways to of, hear, isn't it, Will? Yeah, <laughs> I hate to say it, but they do. Um, they've you're, got you're different. Breaking up, Alfie. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've got different ways of hurting um, a team like Newcastle. Obviously, they've got good fullbacks, which obviously was well mentioned. The Walker and Rose days, obviously Trent and Robertson for Liverpool. So they've got different ways of hurting you. For me, it's Salah all day long. Mm. Will, who would you go for if you were us? Um, I like your new sign in Sterling. I think I mentioned before that, you know, don't always look at the fixture difficulty rating and take it too literally as in don't, you know, an easy fixture is not always an easy fixture. However, Norwich are the exception. Norwich don't know how to defend. You saw that in game week one against Liverpool. They will try and attack and they caused Liverpool a few problems and they even got a goal. Um, but they conceded a bucket load of chances. And I just think that's that's their style. That's how they play. They will concede a lot of chances to Manchester City. Um, Sterling will get a lot of chances. Um, captain him. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, that is very sage advice, but there's a niggling thought in my head. Is is Pep going to drop Sterling? Just stuff like that, doesn't he? I, just, I don't think so. No? Oh, God, I don't know what to do. What I are we going to do now? brave call to say what that. What are we going to do? Salah? I'm happy to go with the expert, but I've... I mean, if we do go with Sterling, we, at least we can blame Will massively. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Having said that, so just to avoid getting blamed... <laughs> You do make some good points about Liverpool having better fullbacks than Spurs. I do concede that Liverpool's fullbacks are very good and will find a way around this uh, parked Newcastle defence. So, you know, Salah's, Salah's pretty good. I mean, what, he's got the most points in FPL for the yeah, last two yeah. seasons. Yeah, come on, let's just go with Salah. We'd be stupid not to, right? Yeah, let's do it. He's our be captain. Safe. We're sticking by him. Right, job done. Salah, captain, Sterling in. Right, done. Uh, that's the end of part three. We don't go anywhere because in part four... Yes, we'll have the answer to our quiz question. We've got the clean sheet forecasts. 
Uh, we'll be looking at some players who will be performing, hopefully, the coming attractions. And we'll also, yes, that's why you tune in. We'll, Nathan will be telling us which beer to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Welcome to part four. Right, let's do the answer to the quiz question. Jordan Pickford. Jordan Pickford picked up his 20th and 21st England caps on Saturday and Tuesday, respectively. Which three England goalkeepers hold the most caps overall for all time? Well, I can give you an answer. I'll give you, I think I've got two of them are fairly certain. Okay, go on then, um, Will. I'll go for Seaman and Shilton. Yes. Oh, God. Um, I'll pick Gordon Banks. No. Nathan for the steal. Um, thinking about how your mind works and his appearance on Strictly, David James. Ooh, no. Not David James. <laughs> Will, one more name. That's all it takes. I'll give you a bit of a clue. He used to have great hair. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Joe Hart. Yes, <laughs> Joe Hart. Funny, he doesn't do this head and shoulders adverts anymore. Strange that. Okay, clean sheet forecasts. Clean sheet forecasts. Um, Brighton uh, head off against Burnley. And Brighton have only scored once in the last four Premier League meetings against Burnley. And that was a 3-1 loss against Burnley at the Amex in February. Arsenal, super leaky Arsenal, kept actually three clean sheets in the last three games against Watford, who they go up against. Um, Everton, those thinking about Everton, tight at the back normally, unless Michael Keane's doing a bad back pass. Uh, the last time Bournemouth and Everton faced off at the Vitality in August last year, there was a 2-2 draw. So these are my clean sheet forecasts. I'm going with Spurs, Liverpool, Man City, Aston Villa, Arsenal and Watford. Arsenal, Watford, I'm going for a nil-nil draw. Nathan? Just the three for me this week. Ooh. Liverpool, Spurs and Aston Villa. Ooh, Aston Villa as well. Will, what about your clean sheet forecast? Well, I'll join you with Liverpool. Um, and the rest are a little, a little uncertain. I would say Manchester City. I think they can probably keep out mm. keep out Mr. Mr. Pookie. Um, if I was to pick a third, I would... I would maybe go for Wolves, actually. I think uh, Nuno Espirito Santo has a very good defensive... Sh- they set up very well under him. Um, and they could be a surprise clean sheet. It's interesting you say that, Will, actually, because uh, there's been five goals in the last two games between Wolves and Chelsea. Wolves beat Chelsea 2-1 at Monday December. But horses for courses, different teams this year of course, and they are due a clean sheet actually aren't they Wolves, so yeah, mm. fair enough, that could be a good call okay, uh, players who will perform, the coming attractions as it were, the next five fixtures for Burnley look interesting they have Brighton, Norwich, Aston Villa Everton and Leicester, could be the time to invest in them, uh, Berg Goodmanson is always a good shout, although he's injured at the moment I think, so Aaron Lennon he played 90 minutes against Liverpool, 4.9 million, could be a dangerous player uh, Nathan yeah, uh, the goalkeeper, Nick Pope, second most saves this season. He's got 15 points. He's 4.6 million, so he's slightly lower priced than some of the other kind of top-end goalkeepers. The other one is a favourite of mine and the podcast, Ashley Barnes. 
Ashley Barnes. He's fourth in the league for shots per 90 minutes. He's got the third most shots on target per 90. His XG is through the roof. It's 2.21. And he's got four goals in four games. Mm, best player in the Premier League, according to some. Uh, Nathan, the Villa fixtures also look kind of tasty as well for them. Yeah, next five games, they've got West Ham, Arsenal, Burnley, Norwich, Brighton. So four fixtures where you'd expect that they could get something out of them. No easy fixtures, obviously, in the Premier League. Tyrone Mings is the one that obviously a lot of people are hyping up at the moment and bringing in. But the one that's under the radar, maybe if you're looking at differentials, is Bjorn Engels. He's also 4.5 million like Mings. He's actually got more tackles and interceptions this season than Mings as well. So probably a good one for bonus points. Yeah, indeed. Will, any players that catch your eye? Uh, yes, I've got a quiz question for you. Ooh. Um, which player has the second highest expected goals over the season so far? Expected? Oh, I should know this because I do look at these. Is it Haller? Haller. It is Haller. Yeah! It is Haller. <laughs> yes! I'm genuinely chuffed I got that correct. <laughs> uh, so he's got slightly, Sterling has the highest, uh, 3.66, uh, Haller 3.08, followed by Rashford 2.98. The reason I mentioned Haller, and I know you both picked Aston Villa for clean sheets, um, but I don't think they'll get one. I think Haller is uh, an excellent pick. Um, and I think the way West Ham play, uh, that it suits him. And uh, I fancy him to get a goal against Villa. Mm, I mean, West Ham do look good, don't they? The only reason I pick West Ham to not score this week is because they have those results where they just go against what they should do, if that makes sense. Unpredictable little team. Unpredictable West Ham, unless they're predictable this year. You're trying to predict the unpredictable. Yes. I don't know. I think I think West Ham. Uh, I think West. I think looking at the stats, looking at the way they set up, I think West Ham will do well against Villa. Ooh, tasty, Nathan. Uh, you got a bit of Gilfie on your mind. Yeah. Um, so the Everton midfielder, he's prices started to drop. Actually, I think a few managers starting to trade him out as he hasn't really produced much so far this season. I think Everton. Uh, another one of those teams like West Ham where it's a bit hard to know what they're going to do week by week but he has actually got some really kind of good numbers there at the moment he's created 10 chances so far this season he's had 8 shots and in comparison from midfielders only KDB has got more than him at the moment when you consider that uh, Gilfie's only 6.3 versus Kevin De Bruyne's 9.8 he might be one to get involved with maybe get yourself a little Gilfie pleasure Oh. Okay, fair enough. Sigerson could be quite a good gamble. Right, we're at the end of the show now, but before we go, we are just going to discuss which beer to drink. That's right. Nathan at Bentownhead19 says, My mates have a go at me because I like cherry beer. Um, Nathan, I think he's asking which cherry beer to drink. Um, there's nothing wrong with cherry beer. Some okay. of the most coveted beer in the world is Belgian Creeks. Um, Pretty obvious choice, but something like Boone Creek, or if you're feeling really fancy, Dre Fontenen, Oud Creek with honey. It's mm. beautiful. Beautiful, mate. So that's it from us this week. Um, we'll be back next week at the usual time, unless, of course, there is an international break, which there isn't. Uh, many thanks to Nathan. Cheers, mate. No worries. Uh, and, of course, making his debut this week, Top Marks, a.k.a. Will Timbers. Thank you, Will. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Absolute pleasure, of course, anytime. Big thanks also to the secret journalist, Paris Baron of SayThePunter.com, FPL Nymphra, and to the fantasy football chaps. If you need to, you can contact us on at UltimateFPod. Enjoy Game Week 5. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Here I get to the top.
Lord.